We met on the gram, became instant BFFs, and we're two girls here to empower women to be self-reliant. Hey, I'm Amy, founder of Alexa Athletica. And I'm Emily, the creator of Stami Tactical. And we are Not, Not Your, Your Average, Average Gun, Gun Girls. Girls. We're calling on our friends, industry insiders, and speaking to people about major moments in their lives. We talk guns, personal safety, share lifestyle tips, and everything in between. So grab your coffee or your vav because you, you can, can sit with, with us. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Gun Girls. And we want to give a little shout out, but I guess before before we give the shout out, we should let you guys know that um, there are many ways that you can support us. We love that you guys are leaving us reviews on Apple iTunes and commenting on our YouTube videos, subscribing to our YouTube videos, and also um, following us on social media. Yeah, we love that. We love your DMs. Yes. But so one of the other ways you can support us is if you go to our website, notyouraveragegungirls.com, there is an option for you to buy us a coffee. Or if you really want to level up, you can buy us a glass of Vouve. Right. Sorry, you know. <laughs> but so for today, uh, we want to say thank you to Mary from YouTube who watches our show and has messaged us and has so kindly bought us today's uh, cup of coffee. So cheers to you, Mary. Thank you so much for the support and cheers to all of you. Thank you, Mary. Well, this really does help us continue to do what we love doing yes. and hopefully continue to grow this community. So we appreciate that. We do. And so for today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit. Let's see. Our guest, our guest, you might know her as Amy, the founder of Alexo Athletica. <laughs> but today she is... Seat. Amy, the hog slayer. Oh, <laughs> okay. So. Okay. Need some context yes. here. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys know or follow Amy on social media, but I believe what was a week ago, not too long ago, uh, there were some images showing up on your stories of you. I believe I saw you on a horse possibly carrying a rifle and potentially you with a hog of some sorts that was no longer alive. Well, that was your private photo that I sent you. I did not uh, post the hog photo. Uh, well, you know, it's really funny because, so this was my first hunt. Yes. To go on. We'll, we'll preface it with that. I mean, all of you know, I've obviously been in the gun community for a really long time. A lot of times people associate gun community with hunters. Right. And you know what? I, up until this point, was just not a hunter. Grew up in the country. My dad always begged us, and us, I mean, my sisters and I, to go on a hunt with him. And I have to say, Texas hunting is very different than what I just did. In fact, how I might not, I might even venture to say is, it's, oh, I really can't say this. My dog gets so mad at me for saying this, but sitting in a deer blind, fattening up your deer, and having them come to you so you can shoot them. I just don't find that as hunting. That is, no, I, I don't. I get it. It's still conservation. There still has to be control with the deer because right. you don't want to have overpopulated deer. I get that. So is that Texas hunting? What, what, in parts what of is, Texas. Okay. So in parts I'm of like, Texas. What is Texas hunting? Is, and again, nothing wrong with that. If that is, if that is the right. hunting that you want to do, my dad provided our family with a lot of meat from doing hunts that way. I just didn't prefer it for many reasons. One, usually he goes in very, very cold weather. 
Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be interested nope. in that. He wants to get up at the crack of dawn. I'm talking two, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but isn't that all hunting? I feel like every time I see something on social media regarding someone hunting, it is like dawn. It is so early. So we'll get to that because oh, I think there's there's parts of that. And let's just claim real fast. I am not a professional hunter by here. Any I think means. the <laughs> first time we both really under, well, I know at least for me, I don't know about you since your dad was or is a hunter understanding like that hunting is really conservation is when we had Kendall Jones on and Kendall was talking about, you know, her, her trips to Africa and the type of hunting that she does even, um, within the United States. Great episode to go back and listen to if you, if you didn't catch that because it was very eye opening to me and maybe there was a part of that starting to see more and more women getting into this. Mm -hmm. I have to say there was a little inkling in me that was like, Oh, that'd be really cool. I don't know if I could do it, but that'd be kind of cool. I think that's what we've, we have, we have said, I think every time we talk about like going hunting and like when people yeah. have approached us and like, they're like, uh, you don't look like a animal killer. There's, there's <laughs> a part to the word hunting that does speak to my soul. And I think that's probably why I, I said yes. There's, there's multiple reasons why I said yes to this hunt in particular. But I think for me, there's a sense of adventure. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of getting outside into nature. There's something very cleansing to your soul when you go and you're you're spending all day long in nature actually trying to find what it is you are trying to hunt. There's something about that aspect that really spoke to me mm-hmm. because I am such an outdoorsy girl. Any chance I get, and I haven't had a ton of time to get out into nature lately with having kiddos. Right. So I was like, you know, I I got invited to go on this hunt, uh, which was really kind of a chance of a lifetime because this particular place that we were going, we were actually going out into a private ranch, which is one of the largest working ranches in California. It's like 76,000 acres in in the hills of California. Absolutely beautiful. So if anything, I wanted to go just for the chance to go and do this. Of course, yeah. Oh, and I might add, it was a horseback hog hunt. Right. Horseback hog hunt. So... It's that not just is, normal. That's another element. Of, I don't even ooh. know if there's a thing called normal hunting, but it's not traditional hunting correct, that I think correct. most people would expect or think yeah. of when they're being invited to go hunting. That is, that's correct. And so there's this next element of, oh, okay. So now we've just upped the ante on the adventure a little bit here. And I, I am an adventure seeker. I do love saying yes and then figuring out the rest. Of course. So she threw this out there and I, I jumped immediately without actually knowing what I was signing up for. And I said, yes, let's do it. Sign me up. Let's go on this hunt. And it started getting closer and closer and closer to the hunt. And I realized I am extremely ill-equipped and ill-prepared <laughs> for this hunt. <laughs> and I suddenly realized how many barriers to entry getting into hunting because just like the firearm community there are little small subgroups and subcommunities right. within the firearm community and i would definitely say that the hunting community is is a very close knit tight knit group of of people and then you've got the women hunters mm-hmm. which is even a smaller group than that and y- you know you see like there's they want to expand and they want to just like everyone in the firearm industry get more women yes, of into this activity mm-hmm. right And as women, we love to do things that build camaraderie, that if someone organizes a cool event for us, and it just so might so happen to be around hunting or going to a firearm range, more women are are apt to do it. And sometimes you just need to be invited to go and do it, right? Well, I think too, people sometimes don't even know to seek some of that stuff out. 
I wouldn't. I would have never sought this out on my own because I wouldn't know where to go. I wouldn't know the first thing about it. The preparing for the hunt itself is extremely overwhelming. So let's, <laughs> I know there's a lot to talk about, but let's backtrack a little bit. So leading up to this, this is from my perspective, what I saw leading up to the hunt and watching you prepare. Yes. So the first thing was you were talking about the safety course you had to take. Yes. And yes. hours. It was like in six hours? Oh, it, was a, it was a six hour course. So I will say kind of just like I'm a big proponent of safety courses and training before you get your license yes. to carry. Yes, 100%. I was actually very glad that I had to do this hunter safety course. A lot of it is 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 a lot of basic handgun mm -hmm. knowledge, rifle knowledge, uh, gun safety, gun handling, all that stuff. So stuff that I already knew, right? But then there's things about actually going out into the wilderness and hunting because they're not assuming that you're going with a guide. They're not assuming that you're taking someone who is very experienced with you. They're like giving you this course as if you were going, going on hunting by yourself for right. the first time. Right. So a lot of great information. They, my biggest thing is I was worried about injuring an animal and not actually mm -hmm. accomplishing right. what I needed to accomplish when you're hunting, um, which is killing the animal. And because I would never want to hurt an animal, you know, the whole reason I was going, we were going to hunt hogs because on this particular land, if you don't know anything about hogs, hogs are extremely, uh, they overpopulate very, very quickly. They're constantly breeding. They're, they're having litters of, of pigs every three months which That's I found insane. out, had no idea. And the, the just gestation period is, is very small. And then, then it, three weeks later, they get pregnant again. So it's oh like my constant gosh. breeding season for these hogs. And so what happens is they overpopulate very, very quickly. And a that's lot the, faster. The, the, I would say, hog issue or the hog yes. overpopulation yes. is even an issue here in Texas. Yes. And, and a huge issue here in Texas. And so then, you know, they overrun the vegetation, which could also start hurting other populations of right. animals. And, you know, so they actually do request that people come and help them contain mm -hmm. the hog problem, right? which is one of the reasons why I signed up. And I said, yes, I was like, you know what, I'm not, you're going to do it. If I'm going to do it, I might right. as well go and like help and, and help with this problem, you know, if, if I can, but I didn't know where, where to take the shot. Like there were things that I just didn't, I, I was not aware of. Um, target practice is very different with a, an animal and moving animal and, and all this kind of stuff. So that you learned about that and you learned about the difference between waterfowl and upland shooting and so many things I had That's no idea about. Like so much stuff to know. It was, and, and, and to, it was a six to, hour course. Right. To know. And if you were going to go do it by yourself, like I probably wouldn't, I would take that course. I probably would feel comfortable, but not comfortable to be like, I'm going to go do this on my own. I think I actually got done with the course. I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. Like, this is even more things for now that I have to think about that I just was not aware of. But thankfully, we're going with an outfitting group, right. a guide who knows the land very, very well. They know our firearms very well. Um, you know, so, but then they went through the gear list. The thing okay. <laughs> so then, okay. So this what? is, this is what, this is our, I feel like I got a, extra preview into this preparedness, into this trip that I, I have to share a couple of these tidbits. So, you know, you're talking to me about this safety course that you have to take. And then like, we're getting closer, like you're getting ready to leave. And we were going to an event. I hop in the car and Amy's on a conference call. And, and I don't know what, you know, I don't really know the subject of the call. I just get in, we're, we're getting ready to go somewhere. And I just hear things like, you know, 
horseback riding, six hours, camping, you're going to need this and this. And then, you know, 30 degree weather, sleeping bags. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it ends. And I'm like, wow, what is that? That seems like a really aggressive, like excursion. What's that for? And you're like, that's for my hunt. (laughs) I was like, what? So (laughs) yes. Like, so here's not only am I now dealing with all the things that I need on my hunt, Y'all are going to die when I tell you this. Uh, I also had the extra added element of the fact that I'm still breastfeeding. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how many women would have said yes and signed up to this. And really after this, I'm glad that I did it. But it was the one lingering thing that I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to do this? Because we are going to a cowboy camp in the middle of the mountains. My number one question was, is there electricity? <laughs> And there was not. <laughs> so I'm curious how many. I feel like obviously this isn't the first time a woman has gone hunting who's had to pump. However, I don't know if you have gone on a hunting trip and you okay, had to so pump. Maybe I not, need you to DM me and let me know. Maybe what you not did. organized. You know, maybe not deliberately saying I'm going to go on this organized hunt. I know I have to do this now, but I'm thinking in the matter of like just time and you know the no, hunters they had their baby with them the right. baby was there with them on the hunt so i'm wondering how many like going into these types of of uh, excursions that whether it's with like a place that you went or just in general if how many of these companies these men who whomever are like have that situation like um yeah i'm happy to go but uh i guarantee they've never been posed with that question before because we were the only the second group of women to ever go on this hunt so yeah of course (laughs) they never dealt with this they this year they actually built an actual outhouse and shower uh for the women hunt which is really funny because we got to the end of it and not a single woman took a shower the entire time. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother part to the story, which I knew I was like, I said, yes, this, I didn't know anybody that was going on this hunt. Right. I knew, I knew one person right. and all there were only five of us that went, that's the max that can go. I didn't know the other women, but I said, you know what? Any woman who's willing to sign up to have none of the luxuries in life to sleep in a sleeping bag on a cot in a white wall tent have campfire, get up at 5.30 in the morning, go hunt, and potentially not shower for three days. You know what? That's very like-minded group. So yeah, I'm going to get along with these women just fine. I'm not dealing with a bunch of prima donnas or people that are going to complain yeah. and gripe the whole time because that's really the whole point. You're signing up for this adventure and you better be you like want something down new and you have to have, I feel like you have to have an open mind going into something like that. Oh, if absolutely. And in a, in a, in a sense of adventure and, and a personal, a personal goal for why you're mm-hmm. going on this, which is very different for everybody, but you, you just know, okay, we're, you're with a group of women you're going to instantly connect with because there's something that's uniting all of us. And so, so yeah, so I like going back to that gear list, I get, you know, I get this long gear list of, a blade, a hatchet, a headlamp. And I'm like, a blade and a hatchet? Like, what am I going to have to do something with this hog? Like, after we we get this hog? The the funny part about that is I come over to your house (laughs) and on your counter, your kitchen counter, like your bar counter, you have your gear. You've started laying out all your gear. And I'm like, Luckily, I'm married to a gearhead. There was a blade. There was a hatchet. There was a a compass. My husband was like, do you know how to use this compass? (laughs) I was like, 
No, but we should learn. I mean, because I, I was like, are you bringing all of this? Well, so like emergency poncho, emergency uh, foil blanket, and you know, I feel keep like your out body there, heat there's, trapped in. Yeah, you, you can there's think emergency of all of everything. Yeah, you, you, need you do. Everything. Emergency kit, tourniquet kit. I mean, there was so many things because there is no quick access anywhere because right. we got up to camp on horseback, which means. You aren't getting back down to camp unless you're on, on horseback. horseback yeah. or, I mean, there, there were trucks, but it's still not a quick drive anywhere. So you really do need to be When was the prepared. last time you rode a horse? Uh, on my honeymoon 16 years ago. But I grew up, I mean, I grew up in the country, so yeah. I felt okay. comfortable enough. I am by no means a professional horseback rider, but I felt comfortable enough and calm enough on them that mm. I, I was so excited about that part sure. of all of it. Other than the fact that I'm extremely allergic to them and I had to take like... Oh my Zyrtec gosh. plus a Benadryl on top of it before I went on, which was another thing. Like I had to make sure I had all of my potential allergy medication <laughs> with and me then, when I went. So your gear list, your allergy medication, and then um, obviously what you needed to pump. Oh my gosh. So that was a whole nother thing because I, I had to plan through, I brought three, three different ones with me because I had- Three different breast pumps? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one that was electric that could get like the most milk out uh, the day before I actually got to the hunting site because I stopped over at my sister's apartment. I was like, okay, I can use this there. Then I had to have an electric free one, so a battery operated one. And then I brought a manual one just in case the battery operated one that went is out. 100% prepared. So that was so prepared, you guys. This is a really funny part of the story. When I showed up to the airport, so I have all this in my bag along with my hatchet and my knife and my everything else that I'm going on this honey trip with. And this is the first time this ever happened to me. We show up to the airport and the, uh, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but they were like, we're doing a random TSA uh, ID check today. And I was like, yeah. I go, oh my God, my bag must have flagged these oh. TSA agents because here's one that kind of looks like it could be a bomb, you know, and here's the hatchet and the knife and everything in my bag. And they're probably like, who is this person getting on our, who is this Amy Robbins getting on our flight? <laughs> so I Flag that, polar sign. Yeah, I really think I, I spurred that on and I flagged it with all the crazy stuff that I had to have in my bag. But I mean, I could not get. Did they go through your bag? There. You know what? They ended up not like okay. I, I was like, oh, I must not have been the one because I didn't get the whole. And thank God, because I had everything so intricately packed oh, I'm sure. into this bag. Like, because you you don't want to overpack on something like this. And that was something with the clothing. So that was a whole nother thing is I didn't have so the clothes. I didn't have, and I didn't really know what. Did you have to wear bright orange? You didn't. And I, ah. and you didn't have to wear camo. And I didn't realize that. So I asked that prior to, I was like, you know, am I going to need camo? am I going to need? I mean, so hogs have really poor sense of sight and hearing anyway. So Aww. it didn't really matter what, <laughs> what you wore. And so it was, um, I went and got some really great lightweight. I knew I needed layers mm -hmm. because yeah, when you're yeah, in California, sure. it's, it could get really hot. It could rain in the middle of the day. It could, and it gets really cold at night. Well, so you I needed, were going to be out all day too. We were out sure. all day. We okay. got up at five 30 in the morning one day and it was freezing. So you wanted to have enough protection layers. Then if you're going to be in the sun, I didn't want to get burned. So I made sure that I had the, uh, like the sun the protected UV, yeah. shirts, like the UV shirts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I found some really great hunting gear and it isn't even necessarily geared towards hunting, hunting. I went more towards hiking because uh, okay, I wanted yeah. to be comfortable sure. and active because what they don't tell you is how much hiking and walking, because this is an actual spot and then stock 
hunting trip. This is no sitting in a deer blind waiting for them to come to you. This is, oh, half a mile away. We spot something. We can't take the horses in this area, so we have to tie the horses is someone, up. Is someone scouting ahead to spot? They're with us. So, okay. but they're just, they do something called glassing and they're constantly looking for things that look out of the ordinary, things uh, that are moving. And they knew kind of the areas where these, <laughs> these hogs would be. And so they would guide us in the general direction. And then once they spotted something, we would have to hop off. And sometimes this was super fast. They're like, get off, get off, get off, get off. Tie up your horses and <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and let's go. And by let's go, that means grab your rifle you were carrying that. And I happened to have this, it was a pretty heavy, I mean, anything that you're carrying in your arm while you're hiking, we yeah. didn't have slings. Uh, I had a 30, 30 lever action, like old timey cowboy gun. It was really, it was really cool. And I took that and I mean, you are, you're hiking up hills, you're, you're sliding. I mean, you're talking so glad you took that gun safety course because it told you everything about how to hold and carry your oh, firearm. That, I feel like that's something that people wouldn't even think about. Nope. And how important when you have multiple people hunting, where the muzzle, like always oh, being yeah. aware of where your muzzle is and with your gun. And then another thing they spend a lot of time talking about is clearing your muzzle if you lay your gun down on a hunt because mud and dirt can get into the barrel and you don't want to just look down the barrel and clean sure. it. You know, like, so they really do stress safe gun practices while you're on this hunt. And it all made so much sense to me. I mean, I was so conscientious of where the other hunters were. Are they holding their gun? I'm not going to walk right behind someone that has a gun over their shoulder mm -hmm. because I don't want the muzzle pointed on right. me because you usually have it loaded and ready to go yeah, in case you see something. Especially if it's moving that quick, like yes. you said. Yeah. So extremely important to practice gun safety, you know, through this entire thing. But it, it, all made so much more sense to me when I was actually so out while there. you were actually on the trek, I would say the hunt part. So you had all your gear at like at a base camp, so to speak. Uh, a yes. Campsite. So we 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 got up in the morning. This place is three hours from any of the closest airports. So no matter where you flew into California, you had to drive three hours to get to this spot. So I got up on Friday morning, drove my three hours, got to what we'll call base camp, mm -hmm. which was down at the bottom of the right. mountain. That we took some time sighting in our rifles, um, getting familiar and comfortable which with, with whatever one you were going to shoot. Mm -hmm. And it was great because the guides would tell you, okay, look, here's a 50-yard target, 150, and a 300-yard target. I was not going to feel comfortable taking a 300-yard shot no matter what we did right. you know, on this. So I, I, I was like, no way. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But I hit the target at 300 yards out, but it was standing still, not yeah. shooting at a moving object, you know? So we got really comfortable with our firearms and then they had all the horses saddled up and they're like, all right, jump on. We're going hunting. <laughs> like, like now, like hunting now. Yep. So they, you know, they put the rifles in on the side of the horse. You've got, they, they took the gear up, like our bags and all mm -hmm. that up before us. And we took a two and a half hour horseback ride up the mountain to get wow. to the cowboy camp where all of our tents were. So, so we're, you know, we're, we're riding along. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm okay with it taking this long because I mean, you're talking about sunset in yeah, the mountains sure. of California. I, mean, I didn't those, even care if we saw that hog. scenery looked amazing. Yeah. That's all I, I was loving. I was soaking up just the nature, the fact that my phone didn't work. I had no computer. I had no electronics to distract me. All I had was me, the horse, nature and these new friends that that you're making and so it's a lot of chance to tell stories mm -hmm. or if you just want to no, be quiet and ride yeah 
that's what you did. And so we took this two and a half hour horseback ride up to um, cowboy camp and they have to plan this perfectly because right as the sun is setting over the mountains, you're pulling up. And oh, when I say cowboy camp, I mean, we were definitely glamping. There was, we roughed it, but we're talking beautiful white wall tents, nice wood burning stoves in each oh one of the gosh. tents. So it got really, really warm in there because it got down to thirties and below at nighttime. Oh, wow. That is cold. Yeah. I got really cold. To be sleeping outside. Yes. <laughs> and that was one thing I was kind of nervous about, but you know, we show up and they have this beautiful fire pit going. They've got a, a cowboy cook that's there that was cooking steaks over the open fire. Oh that sounds like a movie. It, it did. It felt like we were in this cowboy Western movie, just living this old timey traditional lifestyle. And I'm like, ah, oh, to go back to a time like this would be so amazing. This is just, this is awesome. And, you know, so we, we get there, we, we unload the guns, they take our guns, we put them in a safe spot. Um, it, we eat our dinner. We, we go to bed because they all wanted to get up at five 30 the next morning and go hunt again. <laughs> I was like, I guess this is the point of this, but like really all I wanted to do was sleep in and like, take my time and enjoy that scenery and, and soak being it in all that, up. Like, right. Yeah. And that did not happen. So, you know, and I was like, shoot, I got to get up even earlier than that because I have to pump. <laughs> so how are we going to do this? <laughs> and where are you going to do this? There's no privacy. Like there is no privacy out there in, in the middle of this. So you're just like, whatever. I just yeah. got to get it done. And I was really glad I had this one great hands-free, like free me pump. And I like, it clips onto your pants and then it's just, you just put it in, but I can zip up my jacket. It's very discreet. Right. At one point, <laughs> guys, one of the guides on the trip goes after I had pumped and I put it all up, he goes, so like, tell me about that jacket. That's like, and I was like, it's like a Sherpa jacket. I don't know what, what he goes, no, is it like electric? Is it a heated oh, jacket? No, and I go, no. Why? Because well, you have that like electric thing on your no. pants. And I was like, nope, nope, that's not for my electric oh jacket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was dying. I'm like, he had never been faced with the question of like, nope, I'm just out here pumping. You know, exactly, had no idea. Right. Yeah. Nobody. So to see the look on his face, like, oh, <laughs> I will never that ask that question again. Hilarious. Yeah. No, it was so on funny. that first day, you guys did go hunting. Yes, that was the first full day. So Saturday was like the first full day of of truly hunting. They so split us up into groups. Your well, not day? in the morning. So the morning we spotted a lot, but it was just everything was too far away, and we spent most of that time just really going out and, and soaking up nature and sure. enjoying the ride. That's and, nice that you yeah. were able to do that. Yeah, it was, it was great. And then you go back to the campfire and you're just sitting around with a bunch of women telling stories and getting to know each other and really been building these cool bonds with these women that, you know, like, I may or may not ever see them right. again, but you have this really cool experience with them. And then we took naps and got up for a dusk hunt. And the dusk hunt is where it all happened. Ooh, so all right we're getting into the good stuff yeah so they this time decided we've been riding horses way too long like let's let's we were all sore yeah, <laughs> you're I'm so sure. tired you're, you're back hurts like everything hurts and we're like well we're totally fine taking the 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 truck but again your guns kind of have to be ready because at a moment's notice they'd be like grab your gun and go oh, right and it was a little nerve-wracking riding in the car with 
with the guns because I'm like, I want to make sure all muzzles are pointed in a safe direction. And, you know, sometimes you just have to be really conscientious of where everyone's firearm Mm -hmm. is in the car. And so at one point he was like, all right, I know the spot. Here we go. Let's get out. He's like, grab your guns. And I'm like, I didn't even see them. I was horrible at spotting them, like horrible. And so we, we, had to bend down. He's like, they can't see and they can't hear, but they can, they have really good smell. <laughs> so we had to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and, and again, these things are gross. They are a nuisance on the land. You know, I think again, that's probably the only reason why I was able to do this for my first one. And, um, so we, we squat down and we're, we're stalking these things and it was such an adrenaline rush. Like, oh my, oh my God, this is about to happen. This is going down. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is crazy. Okay, here, here we go. And the only thing that kept going through my mind was steady. Like, yeah. Cause breathe. I have to imagine like your yes. heart is like your adrenaline starts going, yes. heart starts racing. And then even your brain, you're starting to try to process like oh, everything yeah. that you have, you, you either that you learned during your safety course and then whatever else the, yep. and how they were telling you. you feel with actually taking that shot. And you know, I, like I did, it just, it was like a flood of emotion came over me because he was like, all right, like Amy, you're going to go. I was the only one in my group who had never hunted before. And they were like, we, you know, we want you to get your hog. And I was like, okay. And he was like, just wait right here. And we got about 50 yards out from a herd. I don't even know what they, a gaggle of hogs. <laughs> yeah, a group. I don't you know. You can totally correct me. I'm not sure. Yeah, the group of hogs. And um, and yeah, so the hog did exactly what the guide said it was going to do. And I I took my shot. Well, and what, I was got it my gonna, what was it going to do? He knew exactly. Like, it was, he's like, just wait right here. It's going to run out at any moment. And Why? What, Why would it run out? I have out? no idea. He just knew their behaviors and their patterns. Okay. And um, and he knew exactly like where it was going to run out. And it did. And and I got my first hog. So Ooh. yeah, it, it was very, there was like so much adrenaline. And it was, it was just like such a surreal crazy experience. I mean, just knowing like, okay, it, it was almost like a, a spiritual experience because you want to, you know, bless the the soul of the sure, animal yeah. and like the, you know, this hog, now this hog is going to feed a lot of people. I ended up donating the meat. Yeah, I was going to, that was, that's what I wanted Getting to Getting it processed and shipped I- back to Texas was, was just a lot when there's like people there that could use it and, and they would eat the meat and take care of it and all that kind of stuff. So, so. is that when they are, is, is that primarily what they're doing with, um, when they go out for these, uh, I guess it's what considered conservation or trying to yes, rid the population. Mm-hmm. Um, are they the hogs that they're killing? They're get, the meats getting donated, being used by either who, whoever the For hunter. Sure. Or, yes, okay. yeah, yeah, they're they're using this. There is no part of the this animal that they take it and just don't do anything with it. So a lot of the women, actually, there's only one other woman that ended up getting one. Um, the rest didn't, didn't get one. And so they would have taken their meat back, but there was only two on this trip. And so they, and you were up, one of them. Yeah. And they ended up, yep. Yeah, I just ended up donating it. Uh, they knew the people that, that could use it. And so I was like, great, let's, what let's just go ahead and do that. What kind of meals are people preparing with hog meat? You know, it's really, so boar, I've actually had a delicious boar bolognese before at an Italian restaurant. I had never had it, it before. And it, the way it wasn't super gamey. Um, some, some meat can be very gamey and this wasn't the bowl, the way that they cooked it with the Italian spices and you all know, that was I, very delicious you know, thinking actually. about it now, I think I probably have had some type of boar. Yeah. 
in at some meal at a gra- restaurant, but without I don't gravitate towards it. It wouldn't be my first yeah, choice. I, yeah, by I any guess I also means. wasn't like connecting the dots of like, you know, thinking about hunting and you know that. And what do you use it for? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though there's they've got really great, um, really great channels. I've actually found a, some cool YouTube channels that you can go and follow, and they'll they'll teach you how to prepare and to cook these meats and so when they mix the boar with the italian sausage and that spice actually was really delicious so yeah so after you i well i guess we'll have to let our listeners maybe you know the proper terminology like got your kill what i don't even know what they call hunted i don't i don't even know what (laughs) it's called them that question it's a great question once you shot the hog yeah i know because i know this from um, you know, social media stuff, like you usually have to, you know, field prep your animal, things like that. Did you have to do that or did they do that for you? Or so you, what happens I could have once it if I falls to the ground? To. So he, our guide actually went and got it. Cause that thing was extremely big and heavy yeah, and there imagine. was no dragging that back for me. So our guide had to go and get it and, and drag it back. And they actually took care of all the preparation. I could have, I could have done that. And looking back on it, as just a part of a skill set that I would mm-hmm. like to have right. learned because you never know when you could be in a situation where you, you need to hunt for your own food. You need to gather your own food. I feel like I that actually, those are basic life skills that people right. should, and should I, know how to I, do. I should have done it. Like looking back, I'm like, ah, oh, I missed an opportunity to learn about that and to learn how to do that. And so I think if I ever go and do something like this again, I, I will definitely take the opportunity mm-hmm. to at least be there when they're doing it and, and learn, because I do think it's a very valuable skill. Yeah. And I think that it's something that if you're going to get into this, it is, it's a, it's a part of it, you know, that, that is a part. And they actually teach you all that in your hunter safety course, but there was so much information That's to absorb and soak up. I have to imagine up. that that it's, is, I'm a, I'm a doer to like, I have to yes. do it to learn about it. And so if, if I'm just reading about it, it's not going to stick but in even, my brain. Even in that, in that whole weekend to have to do all that, I think it seems like a lot to have to just a lot to endure. Yeah. And it would have been, it would have been a lot to add on to that long, long, right. long day. And, you know, but looking back, if circumstances were different, maybe sure. we would have gotten one earlier in the day, then it, it right. would have been different. So, but I just, I look back on it and I was really trying to just reflect on the weekend as a whole. And I was so incredibly thankful and grateful for that experience because like I said, it, it opened up a world to me that I really never thought that I, I was a little fearful going mm-hmm. into it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent and I'm always preaching on my soapbox about people doing what they're afraid yeah. of. And so I felt like if I don't go and do this, I'm not living what I'm, I'm encouraging people to mm-hmm. do. And so I, I was fearful from the preparation standpoint, from the hunt itself, from being away from my family for that long, for, for hopping on a horse and going and doing something on it, like, I don't know what could happen with that, with that horse, you know, right. but I really tried to not let all those fears stop me from going on an incredible experience. And, and I'm I think really glad that I, I, that happens I did to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, they get scared. And then instead of leaning into that fear, they say, okay, no, I'm not interested or, or, and they miss out and they don't, right. you don't even know what you're missing out on the opportunities you're missing, the friendships, the, there was just so much more than the hunt itself you know, or getting the, getting the hog that I gathered from this trip that 
I'm glad from that standpoint right. that I that I did it. So this specific weekend hunt that you went on, is this something that anyone can do or is this a this was offered privately? Yeah. So this particular place that we were hunting and, and again, maybe they do these in other places, this specific outfitter does not, but maybe they have these cowboy hunts where you can mm. go and horseback hog hunt in other places. I had just never heard of anything like that before, but that's not really my world. Right. And so this particular place that we hunted though, uh, was invite only. And so the group that went gets about 10 private hunts on this land a year and they use one of them a year to assemble a group of women and I go. Yeah. So it, it was cool. And the common theme among everyone, all the women in our group was we want more women to come and experience this. And how do we get more women outdoors? How do we get more women to go and enjoy this shooting sport and pass it on to their children? Because all I kept thinking the whole time was, oh my gosh, I wish my husband was here. I wish my, my kids were here. Um, I can't wait to take them out and at least give them an opportunity to get out and start learning these really fun, basic gun safety I think principles. that's a huge theme in the firearms industry as a, as a whole is how to get more women involved, how to spread that message, how mm -hmm. to just make it, you know, as we've talked about, you know, in with, with guests and just in, in general, how do we make it, how do we kind of normalize it? And I think- Well, it starts with having- having someone organize it. Yes. Having someone take that first step to say, I'm going to organize this. And then the invite, extending the invitation to somebody, whether it's just inviting them to go to the gun range. I think we see this all the time with women. It's women want to have great social mm -hmm. activities. They're looking for something that's going to feed their soul. They're looking for community and something to be a part of. And so if you just organize the event, and you invite somebody to come, the chances are they're, they're going to do it. If, you know, if they don't have other things prohibiting them from going, like right. they, they will probably say yes. And if they don't, don't quit asking them. Right. You know, you never know when it's going to be the right time for somebody to go. And that's really what I, I took away from, there were so many takeaways, but like that, that one big one just kept sticking out with me. It's like, I, I came back thinking, how can I organize a trip just like this? And I'm going to invite Emily. I'm going to invite all my friends. I want to put girl hunt. Like Kendall's always asked us, let's go yes, hunting on right. your land. And now I'm like, let's do it. Right. You know, let's, let's get the group together more for the social mm -hmm. aspect of all of it and getting women outside getting them outdoors and providing, providing something that's giving them life skills. Exactly. You I know? love that. I think we all need that. We all need like those life skills. And if you can sandwich those life skills with meeting like-minded women and also having that social aspect, why, why would you not want to go do something like that? Yeah. Well, I so are you now, will we call you a hunter now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. When I, I ask, when I ask you to go get breakfast or brunch, are you like, sorry, I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to be out hunting. I'm going to be out hunting this weekend. Um, I mean, I definitely would love to get more into it. And, you know, there were so many things that I just didn't know. And right. I so was interested in learning more about. What you did bring gear-wise, was there anything that you thought, oh, I should have brought that. That would have been very helpful. Great question. So all there were so many things I left back at camp thinking I won't need that or not a big deal. How do I wear my backpack? Like yeah. I left my backpack. I didn't bring my snacks. I, 
snacks. How really, could you not have snacks? I know. Well, I brought like my burrito that the cook cooked us in the morning. I had that to like <laughs> snack on in my saddlebag. But for the most part, um, I got out there and I didn't really know the importance of having my own binoculars because I was like, the guide's got that taken care of. But when I was sitting there, we were sitting on the side of a mountain for like an hour. I would have liked to have had my binoculars and I had to ask somebody to borrow theirs. Okay. And I felt I didn't like asking people to borrow things while I'm yeah. on a hunt. I'm like, I feel like you should have it and you right. should have what you think you're going to need. And, you know, I did, I did bring a blade. I brought like, th- but that was more too for, you don't know when you're going to need it. Right. Like you just don't know when you're going to need a knife or a compass or, you know, so there were some things and I should have probably brought my backpack or maybe brought a smaller backpack mm-hmm. to take on the actual ride. I needed at least three pairs of sunglasses because I lost two. What? It fell off on the horse. I'm like, when I'm getting up, up and down off the horse. Yeah. Amy. So you need to bring multiple sunglasses <laughs> with you. At one point I lost my phone. So I had my phone with me because I didn't know when my husband was ever going to need right. me. And at certain sure, parts of on top You've of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Like I did get service and I was able to FaceTime yes. my son and show him the horse Aww. and he loved it. And, but my phone dropped out of my pants at one point. Thank God for finding my phone. And we had service up there because we were able to turn on the noise and we we're like, you lost it like that. Yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah, we had to like go stock the spot and stock the phone is what, oh and I was like, my. Oh my God, I, I, this is so embarrassing because I'm having to ask someone who's literally not wanting to be attached to any. So I was like, can I borrow your cell phone? I need to go like, boy, y'all are enjoying nature. I got to go search for my phone oh my God. <laughs> over here, you know? So, um, but, but I was glad I had more gear that I needed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then there's some things next time I will definitely have on my body with me. If I ever do that again, you will. And exercise. They did not stress the importance of being in shape before oh, going and that's on. That's an interesting, uh, interesting they, point there. They did hit on that in the hunter safety course. Like they talked a lot about knowing the terrain and knowing what the hunt's going to be well, like. I guess you, not only are you, you're on horseback, but you said you, you did have to be able to like, I like should have tracked, yeah, I like, should have tracked how many steps I was taking and we're, because we're in a very high, a much higher elevation than here in Texas. So that was one aspect I wasn't anticipating and we're doing like serious incline hikes up this, up these oh, hills, wow. carrying all of your gear, yeah. carrying your rifle and I'm like, man, if somebody was not in shape, there's a chance that this could go really bad. So I would highly encourage people to know their terrain, start prepping for it b- beforehand. So I feel you can like be if there's something it. to tell you you are not in shape is if you go do an outdoor activity like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing better. Right. Yeah. Like it's like hiking or, or anything like that where you really have to just kind of use your body and like care and, and lug stuff. You're just like, oh man. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, it was just, it was incredible. And, you know, I, I really, the biggest takeaway is if, you know, you are faced or you are invited to do something and it scares you just a little bit. Good. That's good. That's a good place to be because from there, just say yes and figure out the rest because chances are you're going to have an incredible time, an incredible experience. I love that. On that note. On that note. On that note. Well, that is an amazing uh, experience. It was one day I might be able to 
I'm working also, on it. I'm working on that for us. I told you that my brain was. I know. My, the wheels of my I guess head I better start working on my gear list now. <laughs> Work on your gear list. Maybe hop on a horse and. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The last time I rode a horse was. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it was for me too. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, what an awesome experience, Amy. I'm so glad you got to do that. And thank I'm you. So and thank you, you can... for letting me share this with I everybody. I mean, we have, we fun to, talk have about. to have to share those experiences, I think, with our audience and with more people. Because again, it goes back to the more you talk about it, the more you share about it, the more it's going to intrigue and get more people interested in wanting to seek that out. And also the people who might have that little bit of fear of saying yes or fear of being invited to something, but now they've heard someone's story and, and heard how encouraging and how awesome and how much yeah. better you feel after saying yes. I think it's important that we continue to keep doing that why we do what we do. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for letting me share that with you, Emily, and with all of you. And we can't wait to be back again next week for another episode of Not Your Average Gun Girls. Until next time. Not Your Average Gun Girl Show and its related companies, Alexa Athletica LLC and Stami Tactical LLC, shares information that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. A reminder that laws vary for each state, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. Any items, services, products, and advice mentioned during the Not Your Average Gun Girl Show should be used at your own discretion in accordance with your local and state laws, and you should follow applicable manufacturer's instructions. Not Your Average Gun Girls, Alexa Athletica LLC, and Stami Tactical LLC cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared.